the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is the uh, start of the second hour here. For those of you following along at home, the Newport, Rhode Island Hall of Fame tennis tournament in the first round. America's favorite, Riley Opelka, is up against Lucas Lacko. I think he's a young Slovakian player, both uh, very skilled players, and uh, they're headed to a tiebreak in the first set. That's your sports update, everybody. Now back to the news. If you want to join the conversation today, 888-900-3393. We asked one vital question. I may continue the vital question uh, parade with a second vital question today because we, we have an issue that we need to talk about. And there's, um, there's an issue I want to rant about as well. There's a little something going on this week in Washington, D.C., and not that I'm the guy who understands the politics, but I understand the optics. See what I did there? Politics, optics. They're both ticks. And this week in Washington, D.C., the Trump administration is, is focusing on this whole made in America thing. And I get it. I get that make America great again was a good idea. And uh, we need to be pushing America, America, America. That's, that's wonderful. And we really need to try and get American companies revitalized. But that happens when you're able to offer some sort of break in terms of taxes, with the corporate tax rate being, what is it, the second highest in the world at 35%. It's better for companies, it's easier for companies to, to take their business elsewhere. And Donald Trump spent the better part of a year on the campaign trail talking about uh, getting out there and, and eliminating the hurdles to having business happen here in America. He talked about removing some of the administrative blockades that were set up and taxes being one of them, corporate taxes being one of the problems. And we haven't been able to do that because we were told taxation reform, tax reform would follow the uh, repeal and replace of Obamacare, health care. So that was going to be second on the list. And now we know what happened with health care reform. So guess what? We're not in good shape when it comes to what's going to happen here. And so we're in the um, Made in America week. And it's a whole week at the White House where they're going to be focusing on things made in America. And what do you think the Obama-loving, Trump-hating mainstream media has been doing? They have had a field day just setting up all the different products that the Trumps are involved with and showing how they're not made in America. Now, had Donald Trump or somebody in that administration been smart enough and planned it and taken the initiative and said, let's, let's not do the Made in America week until you get tax reform set up, until you get that, that 3 or $4 trillion in money repatriated here, 
And until you get companies building better plants and, and, and rejuvenating manufacturing or anything that would bring new and better jobs here, let's not do a Made in America week. They did it backwards. They did it completely backwards. And so now all it does is set up this, this punching bag for the, the mainstream media to slam the administration. Yeah, it's all good to want it made in America, but when the people at the top, Ivanka and, and Mr. Trump himself, have products that are coming from overseas, it really looks dumb. And it just doesn't help. It, it just piles on to this, this ongoing discussion of, of why this administration is, is constantly shooting itself in the foot. I, I so want these guys to succeed. And they're going up against a very organized, very well-oiled Democratic machine that is going to do anything it can to prevent the Trump administration from being successful. I just saw a graphic that showed Donald Trump's appointments and the fact that his getting his appointments approved are taking an average of 45 days. That, that 45 days of getting the people you nominate and, and cleared through the process, that is a record going back through the last seven presidents. And, and so every time you hear Democrats saying, well, Donald Trump's got all these big jobs he isn't filling. He's, why isn't he staffing up? Why doesn't he have these people? It's, they think they can do it the best. But the Democrats are the ones denying them the access. 45 days, longer than anything Obama had to deal with. 45 days. So... It, it, it's, they've worked it out so beautifully. The Democrats are delaying the president in getting his stuff done and then calling him out for not staffing up. It's just perfect. It's the same thing with this Made in America week. It's just a foolish idea. Well, it's foolish execution of a great idea. Don't, don't let me say that a Made in America promotion is a bad idea. That, that part I get. Yes, we should be tooting our own horn. We should be pushing jobs for Americans in America. But, you know, when, when you're the one whose ties and jewelry and whatever else are made overseas, you're part of the problem. You're not part of the solution. And that's my little rant on Made in America. So every time I see all these, these, these pictures showing the president holding a Louisville slugger, and then they show the Ivanka Trump made in China blouse. It just, you're shooting yourselves in the foot. Come on, people. Cut it out. All right, we have to get to some of the other news that's going on here. Something cool happened yesterday. Um, the United States military showed off a weapon that I think is uh, just amazing. The U.S. military has a, um, uh, the first laser weapon that is mounted. The Navy has it mounted on a ship. And one of the coolest things about this weapon is, uh, first of all, its accuracy, because you can really focus it. Uh, you can actually take out 
a portion of a ship or a plane you can target in a very fine attack with your powerful laser. You can also do it silently. You don't hear it coming. You know, if you're sending a, a bomb somewhere, you don't hear this, this silent laser hitting the target. They put out a little video on CNN. I should tweet out a link to it. You should, you should hear this. Here's a little bit of the discussion about the, the Navy's laser, the first laser weapon. Operationally, it works uh, just like a laser pointer. Um, there's a chamber inside with special materials that release photons. So, wait a minute. There's a, there's a chamber inside that releases photons, and I guess focuses the photons. Do you realize what, what's going on here? We now have Star, Star Trek-type weapons. We now have photon torpedoes firing. We... <laughs> We, we have that going, which is fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. I'll let them keep going because they have more explanation on this amazing weapon. It's very accurate. If you're, if you're looking at a, a, a boat coming in over the water, you can target exactly the engine and take out exactly the engine and not necessarily damage anything else. So, and that type of precision weapon work is, is something that you don't really get with conventional weapons because there's, there tends to be more collateral damage. That's a very interesting thought, isn't it? You can disable the engine on a craft, and as such, you're not just going to kill people, but you're going to isolate them on the water, and then you also have access to their technology and their information. So this, this weapon... Uh, truly is an amazing piece of technology. The world's first laser weapon. I, I'm going to tweet out a link to this. It's a little minute and a half video from CNN that's, that's worth a look. And it's one of those things that when we talk about our defense system, it's one of the places the president does get high fives when he calls on, on uh, Congress to increase the defense budget. He gets a lot of support from people like me saying, yes, we have to be strong. We have to be powerful. We have to have the best military in the world. And so uh, it, it's, uh, it's one of those where I'll give them a thumbs up. Absolutely. Stepping aside early, when we come back, uh, the president has made a couple statements on the health care vote, and uh, we'll, we'll get that for you. Uh, there's also some news out of New Jersey, out of Chris Christie. And he has decided, for whatever reason, to weigh in on the Donald Trump Jr. meeting. He's decided he's got something to say about the Donald Trump Jr. meeting with the, with the Russians. And now we know the identity of the eighth person in that room. That's been the focus of all the attention today on some of the mainstream media. Not that it matters. But Chris Christie's weighed in, and, and the president has spoken about health care and we'll deal with all of that just around the corner on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Just uh, 
catching up on some of the headlines today. Um, the uh, the eighth person identified at the Trump Tower meeting, Ike Kevelzadze. I gotta I gotta get this guy's name right. His first name is Ike, but uh, now everyone is scrambling to get this going. And the interesting thing here that popped uh, yesterday. I think it was late yesterday or very early today. It was just after midnight that um, the uh, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie story broke that he told reporters on Monday, quote, it's probably against the law, close quote, to get opposition research from a foreign country. And then he added another quote, in addition to being inappropriate. So Chris Christie appears to be breaking ranks with President Trump on this one. Chris Christie appears to be saying, um, not a good idea to have this meeting. He did add, quote, I think there's a law that says you can't get anything of value from a foreign government in those situations. This is why you have the Department of Justice to be able to do to do the kind of work that they typically do and will come to conclusions. So Christie also adds, and and after you make a pretty damning statement like that, Christie adds that he personally has not seen evidence of collusion between the Trump team and the Russian government. We'll we'll get back to that uh, because uh, I believe we have a caller. Uh, It's our buddy from Pennsylvania. Is it our buddy from Pennsylvania? Is it James from Pennsylvania checking in? Hello? Come in. Oh, it's Frank from PA. James from PA must be at work. Hey, Frank, how are you, sir? Frank and PA. That's funny. Doc called me James when he quoted my uh, tweet the other day on the think tank, too. <laughs> well, what you don't what you don't know is that Doc and I have colluded to change your name. I think that's it. I'll have to officially change it. Uh, a, a couple of things. I, first of all, I've really enjoyed your tennis stories. And, and it's, this is unusual because I lost interest in tennis a long time ago. Uh, I first developed an interest in tennis when I noticed a, a girl in uh, my school named Dawn Garvey in her tennis skirt. And then I, I, I lost interest when I realized she wouldn't notice me if I was on fire. Uh, but uh, I, I really liked your, your stories uh, uh, this, this season with the uh, Wimbledon matches and the, the, uh, the, the shirts, the towels, I mean, and the... Uh, and the, and the guy climbing into the skirt, that was just gold. Oh, wasn't that yeah. just priceless, the guy who jumped in the uh, Kim Kleister skirt? At- I was laughing driving down the road. Oh, my. Uh, getting on to what I called you about, the, the repeal. Do you think that they finally got it, uh, the, an understanding that they're not going to do anything if they don't actually do the clean repeal, or do you think they're going to try and twist it? Well, I think... They all, all they've done is twist it so far. Well, and, and that's where the problem lies is in the twisting that the, the and what Frank's talking about is with with the uh, health care bill effectively dead in the Senate. Is is there any chance that the GOP will go back to this straight repeal without any extra? And, and Frank, I don't think so. And what I don't even th- I would think I would tell your twin brother, James, the same thing. I don't think that um, I, I don't think they've learned their lesson because what they're going to try and do in my estimate here is to someone's going to try and get Susan Collins on board. Because she is the one who seems to just say, I'm not I'm not with this in any way, shape or form, which makes you wonder 
why she voted, if she voted. Did she vote the last time they voted to repeal? I need to double check on that. That's if what she, I was hearing. If she did vote to repeal and now she's changed, why? That's the question I want to ask. And that's the question that she should have to be be asked publicly because it it really is... It's it's wrong for her to call herself a, a member of the GOP caucus, and I'm not calling her out and saying, why don't you leave? But G- who knows? She might. She certainly doesn't seem to vote like a Republican. But if they just well, took the the bill that they passed the last time and ran it through, what would the problem be? That's what everybody needs to come out and say. Now, there's a meeting today. There is a big GOP meeting today. I know there's a lunch happening right now. But there's also a meeting happening later today around four o'clock. And I think out of that meeting, you will see all of the usual suspects gathered in the Capitol trying to wrangle some of the senators as they come out and try and get an idea as to what the hell they're going to do. So I'm guessing we're not going to hear a whole lot until later. But I'm, I'm very dubious that anything. I'm, I'm kind I'm of a, you, if, if you heard the first half hour of the show, I kind of spiraled out a little bit. I'm just tired of all the kabuki theater with the, oh, no, we're going to repeal, we're going to repeal, and we'll vote for it. And look, we voted for it, and then now would you vote for us and keep us in and, you know, keep you know more money, and it just it, it never happens. So, yeah, uh, and, and the sad part of get, it is if they we don't vote get th- some, some results, they're going to really look like fools. Well, uh, did you were you listening yesterday when I played the James Carville quote about the problem with health care? I was. And I, found, I found that okay. interesting, too. But uh, he's a little bit of the devil there. I don't know whether to trust him or not. No, of course. Of course, he's he's got a, a Democratic agenda in mind. But what Carville said yesterday, if you weren't here, was that both sides should have known this and the Democrats learned it. But when you pick up this thing called health care, it bites you. And uh, look at what happened to Obama. Almost a thousand seats lost nationally by Democrats in, after the passage of Obamacare. And this screw up by the Democrat, by the Republicans, could have the same kind of effect in 2018 on the House. The Senate's not so much at risk because of the numbers there. They don't have as many uh, senators up for uh, reelection. It's like 24 to 8. But w- we'll see. But, uh, well, it will, you know, for- it will hurt them if they don't get the good results that need to be gotten. They need to bring down the cost of health care. And it's not it's not a matter of health uh, health care. That's crap. This is a health insurance bill. Health care is uh, the prices of health care controlled because of by the uh, um the, the arrangements that they have between the hospitals and the insurance companies. Sure. And, yeah, and they, I, I, I look it, at it was the involvement of government in the first place that drove up the price. You're, at, you're absolutely at, right. Hold on, Frank. I'm up against a hard wall. I got to sure. I got to move on and take a break. But you're absolutely right that the cost in health care is not going to be fixed in this bill. It's going to be fixed when the government says we're not going to bail we're out the insurance companies. We got to fix. We'll be we'll be back after the break. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Checking on the phones. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? We will check in on the phones. It is um, it is triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. John from Montana called last week and uh, wanted to discuss the latest on the Charlie Guard situation. John, welcome back to the show. How are you, sir? Great. How are you? Well, I'm cautiously optimistic about Charlie Guard, but I'm, yeah. you know, pre- pretty much negative about everything else today, if you've been listening. Oh, yeah, yeah, I- I'm feeling you there. And that was uh, two things. On the Charlie Guard, I know last time I had misleading information. I'm glad you corrected me pretty smoothly, uh, you know, as far as him flying out or not. But uh, I was reading, and hopefully this is accurate, that the doctor had visited for four and a half hours and actually gave him a higher chance initially thought they actually gave him between 11 and 56 percent chance of uh, of recovering not completely of course but at least to where he can maybe smile recognize objects uh and and just you know uh give the parents a little bit of hope hope and uh no i, I just think i know i'm a new father uh and so you know for me personally I would not, if I was given, if my son was given that um, diagnosis, I would take any percentage chance to try anything. You know, uh, I think in today's world, we all need hope. And uh, if I was given a point zero 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 one percent chance that he could get better, I would jump on it. Um, yeah, so you, of, of course you would. Of course you would. And, and you, would, you would go to your grave knowing that you did everything to try and help your child. And I, I yeah. think any any parent would. Any parent would do that, and that's that's absolutely necessary. And what we're talking about, what John from Montana is talking about, is the case of Charlie Gard. There was an American doctor who flew out to basically um, uh, estimate Charlie's chances if they take him out of this hospital and bring him back for this, this miracle treatment. And that, that situation, we're dealing with it here and trying to... Uh, trying to see what what the news is going to be because nobody knows where this is going i still believe john and i i hope i'm i hope i'm wrong i still believe what the brits are doing is uh is playing a waiting game to try and see if charlie will just die and i think that's awful to think that way but they certainly don't seem to be in have any sense of urgency in the case and this kid has now been at the at the whim of the British legal system for six weeks, and it's just wrong. Yeah. And I don't see how they could possibly, you know, especially after getting a better uh, prognosis from this doctor, and after, like I said before, all the outpouring, how how the judge could possibly say no after all this time. I mean, uh, it, it would just it would just uh, incense me. I know, and millions others. So. I uh, know I'm not alone in that, but, um, you know, I, I do. I am glad that the doctor visited and the chances are higher. And I know uh, the mother thanked uh, profusely um, that doctor. But uh, my, my other point um, I wanted to talk about, and it's kind of been just one of these things that back in my mind has been bothering me. And I know I, I told you I voted for Obama twice, and then I pulled the lever for Trump. And I, could, I, I share your sentiment as far as being frustrated. Uh, especially as a new conservative and a Trump voter. Um, 
and I, my fear is that I'm not going to be the only one that's going to be um, flinching every time uh, Congress has a bill to pass or to get something done. Because I can tell you, when I was on a, on a Obama guy, it would I had this feeling that anything could get done, right? You know, when you're when you're on the Democrat side and you've got cover from the media, you've got cover from the loudest voices in the country saying everything you say and do is right, you get this feeling that you can't be stopped. You know what I mean? That every every program that's going to be put that is put forward passes. Now, <laughs> now that I'm on the other side, I'm like, let's get something done, anything done. Uh, and I couldn't be more frustrated because I'm on this side now. And, my, you know, my principles are strong, and I know it's a lot less about the president than it is the values, but he is the guy behind the desk. And I know it's on him. I know Congress uh, is gridlocked, but I couldn't be more frustrated. Well, you're not alone, and I, I think that's really, really the important point to, to understand here, John. And as a new guy to the conservative side of things, as a new member, uh, imagine the frustration by the lifelong conservatives who thought on, on the morning of November 9th, when those of us survived that late night and finally got the announcement at 3.30 or 4 o'clock, and whatever hour it was, ridiculous hour, and we all looked at each other and we said, we have the House and the Senate and the White House. And think about the, the eight years prior and all, all of the tolerance we had to get through it. And we thought, OK, let's go. And now, now we're 179 days into this administration and we're sitting here saying, what's it going to take? What do we have to do? So I, yeah. I welcome you to the frustration zone, along with those of us who <laughs> who had eight years of pent up frustration because of the two votes you yeah. cast in the two prior elections. But <laughs> yeah. and I apologize profusely, <laughs> but so, you know I, right. I've changed my ways, and uh, I just saw an article on Drudge about uh, they have the least productive Congress in 146 years. I mean, yeah, but sometimes know- that's. That's not bad. You know, I'd, I'd rather true. have them true. not writing rules and regulations. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and it's like, but the things that we do want are getting done. I mean, so there are good things, and of course, you know, low, you know, lower immigration, uh, stock market, all-time high. I mean, it's like every day, it's bang, bang, bang. Um, you know, it just, there are good things, but a lot of that is just because of, I think, of, of a confidence, of a feeling that people have. So, you know, deportations um, are happening, but people are staying in Mexico because they, uh, because of the talk. But there's going to come a point where the talk uh, has to turn into action, you know, where it's like, what, what are we doing here? And the same thing with the stock market. Okay, people are feeling good. Consumer confidence is up. Uh, he, we are adding jobs. But we've got to break through. We've got to get a lot more done. And, you know, I'm afraid for the midterms. Um, I I think he'll win the next uh, election, but I I just couldn't be more frustrated. Just be on the side and see it from this angle where it feels like there's not much uh, support other than the American people pulling. This is this is John. This is the first time I've won and felt like I've lost in a long time. (laughs) You know, it, I, 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 yeah. And it's a it's a terrible feeling. But.
But uh, wh- while we've been talking, as we have been sitting here talking, um, they, um, they, there are now three senators who said they won't vote even to do a full repeal. So the repeal three. is dead. The repeal wow. is dead, ladies and gentlemen. It's dead in the water. It's not going to happen. You're going to have to deal with Obamacare also dying, imploding on its own. And then this will be now hung on the necks of the GOP. And they're going to have to be the ones to say, fix it. And I will tell you, I believe this is the design that was made. Absolutely part of the design of Obamacare was for this to happen. So uh, yeah. they, they got exactly what they wanted. If they weren't going to get Hillary who would have immediately advanced it to single payer and immediately pushed. And you know, that's what would have happened if they weren't going to get Hillary, if they were going to be the Democrats I'm talking about, if they were stuck with a, a GOP president and a GOP Congress, they know Obamacare was going to die on the vine and that it would be hanging around the necks of the GOP like this albatross. John, it's maddening. I know. I'm back I'm back in the spiral zone. I'm well done, sir. Know, One sorry. phone call. <laughs> <laughs> I I was leery to call because of that. You know, he had a bad morning. He was berated by staff or whatever and I was like, I don't want to do this, but I gotta get this off my chest. And I also I don't know what to do because I mean, obviously, I'm one person. You've got a million listeners. Uh, you know, we can do what we can do, but we need more. We need more people. We need to know if there's something we can do to change what's going on. Because, like you said, universal health care could have happened uh, if, easily if Hillary would have gotten in, and especially, of course, Bernie, which that was rigged. But, uh, you know, it, I feel like this pendulum is going to swing back very hard if, nothing happens on our side if we can't do the things we say we're going to do we're going to look like fools and you know i don't look like a fool and you don't want to look like a fool and nobody does and i know especially trump i mean trump's a people pleaser you know he doesn't uh he wants to get things done too and i couldn't imagine anybody else more frustrated than him but but uh he just needs more people on his side you know well Uh, he (laughs) You're right, but he also needs to do a few things, in my opinion, to make sure we stop shooting ourselves in the foot. If you heard my rant about uh, the uh, Made in America week, then you understand where I come from. Absolutely. The the number one, you know, on on Facebook, the number one comment, this guy instantly says, you're talking Made in America while all of your products are made in China. And my messaging would be, and that's the other thing, is the messaging from the GOP is awful. You know, um, they just, the messaging has to get better. Democrats are good at putting things into little sound bites. You know, they're good at chomping things down until they have, you know, ammo they can just pelt you with. Whereas, you know, there's so many factions of the GOP, there's moderate, you know, where it feels like Democrats are a block. They vote as a block. Well, they, they the Democrat... The Democratic leadership is good at rounding up their sheep and keeping them all in one category. There is a small yeah. split between the progressives and the, the center of the Democratic Party, but that's about it. We, I figure, yeah. and this is what I always tell everybody, when my, and i got to get to a break here. I'm sorry, John. Uh, yeah, when, yeah. when friends of mine say, how come your Republican friends can't agree on anything? I said, that's what happens when you get a room full of leaders. It's different when you have lions in one area and you've got sheep. 
I can control a herd of sheep with three dogs. Try and control a herd of lions with three dogs. It doesn't happen. John, I'm late for a break, but it's always a pleasure right, okay, to talk. Right. We'll, we'll keep up on Charlie Gard. Don't give up on the, on the party. Uh, we're, we're just getting warmed up. That's what I'm saying, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I've been talking about Relief Factor for months now, and I've been telling you how it worked for me, and I've been telling you how all-natural Relief Factor helped me be able to be more active and get my life back. But don't take my word for it. Take Nicole's word for it, too. She's a, a Blaze listener, Relief Factor user who stopped by the office. I started getting numbing, like carpal tunnel, but then I started realizing it was all up in my shoulder. The cramping, the pain, it was almost unbearable. When I started taking Relief Factor, it just seemed like everything relaxed. And I'm able to stretch it out now. I'm able to work it out. I'm able to sleep. To me, it is a lifesaver. Do you know when, when uh, Nicole talks about I'm able to sleep, if you've ever had pain from inflammation that prevents you from sleeping, you know what a terrible feeling that is. So good for you, Nicole. Nicole did what I did. She called Relief Factor at 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. I also went to relieffactor.com to check it out. And I got the three-week quick start pack. It's $19.95. Most people see results in uh, seven to ten days. Mine happened on day eight. And I'm still on the Relief Factor bus. So um, if you're in the same situation, you want all-natural anti-inflammatory help, Relief Factor, relieffactor.com. Before I get out of here, I think I have enough time to play the, the statement from the president at their luncheon today. But we haven't had a victory on health care. Uh, we're disappointed. I am very disappointed because, again, even as a civilian, for seven years I've been hearing about healthcare, and I've been hearing about uh, repeal and replace, and Obamacare is a total disaster. Some states had over a 200 percent increase, a 200 percent increase in their premiums, and their deductibles are through the roof. It's an absolute disaster. And I think you'll also uh, agree that I've been saying for a long time, let Obamacare fail, and then everybody's going to have to come together and fix it. And. Uh, come up with a new plan and a plan that's really good for the people with much lower premiums, much lower costs, and much better protection. I've been saying that, Mike, I think you'll agree for a long time. Let Obamacare fail. It'll be a lot easier. And I think we're probably in that position where we'll just let Obamacare fail. Uh, we're not going to own it. I'm not going to own it. I can tell you the Republicans are not going to own it. We'll let Obamacare fail, and then the Democrats are going to come to us, and they're going to say, how do we fix it? How do we fix it? Or how do we come up with a new plan? So there you have it. The president of the United States. How many times did he say, we're going to let Obamacare fail? 
No fewer than four, might have been five. We'll keep you updated on this. Of course, the Democrats are now outraged, outraged, saying it's irresponsible he would let it fail. You built it. You broke it. Why should we buy it? We'll be back after the break. Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.